comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Tomorrow, and welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast. This is the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of the Fox television series, Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and joining me is Brandon. Hello. And Maxwell. Pleasant tidings, listeners. <laughs> and um, yeah, here we are. We're going to talk about this week's episode of Sleepy Hollow, entitled John Doe. And um, I don't know what that translates to in Middle English, but let's just uh, get this going here. A uh, few, uh, few notes, few, a uh, few show notes here. Um, we got an email, and so I think I want to. Uh, I know I'm going to read that one. It is from a. Uh, it is from a. Uh, it's from James. Um, he says, "I'm really enjoying your show and the opportunity to hear more Sleepy Hollow talk that your po- that your podcast provides. I just want to make a quick comment on the cabin shootout scene and something I thought was cool that caught my attention. And I want I forgot to mention this last week. This is a cool point he made. When Ichabod fire when Ichabod when Ichabod fires his gun, he got into the he got into a dueling type of pose and gave up gave up the cover. It made me think when he fought battles, it was with inac- inaccurate weapons that fired single shots. For him, battle is probably looking your foe in the eye and firing as many shots as possible until you get close enough to stab them or they drop. The scene brought a callback for me to the Patriot, and I was waiting for Ichabod to charge the enemy. That seemed like a neat touch to me and a little more fish-out-of-water storytelling. Uh, well, until Jenny's eyebrow gets arched higher on her forehead, I'll be listening. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so thanks for that, James. But yeah, that was a cool... Did you guys notice that last week, too, when Ichabod was kind of in that gunfight, and he kind of started standing up and taking kind of a, a certain pose? I did a little bit, and I also noticed, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, where they were kind of in the bunker... And he fired the gun once and then kind of tossed it away because he must be used to single shot yeah, yeah. Uh, weapons. Yes. And Abby had to had to, had to tell him, like, guns have more than one shot in them now. <laughs> and we missed both times that Ichabod did something funny with guns. We missed both, we missed both we of those did. times. We did. <laughs> oh, we're great at this. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. Thank you, James, for that email. And you can anyone can feel free to email us at ichapodcranecast at gmail.com. Uh, where we're happy to you know read emails of you know uh, on on the show. We also have an iTunes review. It uh, it's from a uh, from Herd O three, and it says no geeky show is complete without a companion podcast to go with it. Here's yours for Sleepy Hollow. These guys are fun and goofy, just like the show. So, thanks for that. Thank you very much. That Thank makes you. me feel all tingly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it, it's it. We like doing the show for sure, and uh, it's you know nice to get some feedback. And we hope to get more. So yeah, you could you know of course leave us an iTunes review or rating that 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 helps the show out. And you know it's, we'll happy to read them on the show along with the emails and what have you. Uh, we still have the Facebook page as well, facebookcom crane and the Twitter page, twittercom crane. Last week, last night, I was uh, I was trying to live tweet the episode for the west for the West Coast feed. So that's always fun. There's a couple. We got we got a couple followers on there that are kind of having fun with us on the twitter so that's uh that's cool it's cool to you know be interactive and stuff and we're happy to happy to do that um what else uh new york comic-con was this past weekend and sleepy hollow was a presence there uh none of us were at new york comic-con we don't have any audio to play from it 
but we'll just say it seemed to have been received well from what I was reading. Uh, John Noble was there, who will be taking on a role in Sleepy Hollow, which we'll get to later on in this episode. And uh, yeah, so, you know, good stuff going on. Uh, what else? We got one more thing. We got a contest. We're announcing a contest. Uh, because there's a three-week break in between the ne- now and the next week's episode of Sleepy Hollow, we figured why not do a kind of sweet Halloween contest to kind of have some fun with the listeners and whatnot. So we, we have some rules here, and I guess to to enter into this contest, you can kind of su- we're going to say what it is right now, but you can submit to ichapodcranecast.gmail.com or the Facebook or the Facebook page. I think those are the best ways to try to reach the show. And so the idea is basically take an image or a poster or whatever from the series Sleepy Hollow and modify it to, with a kind of a Halloween theme. So if you have any kind of photo editing skills or, you know, you just <laughs> have some basic – I mean, I know, I know I'm – pretty basic when it comes to kind of photo editing stuff but if you you take an image from the show or like one of the posters and make it look all halloweeny or in whatever how whatever sense you think it's appropriate and brandon maxwell and i will we'll kind of we'll kind of take from the ones that we get submitted and judge which one gets the biggest reaction out of us and uh, award that winner with with uh, either a copy of sleepy hollow the the tim burton johnny depp film on blu-ray or dvd or a copy of the original short story of the legend of sleepy hollow by washington washington irving yeah, and keep in mind the winner will not be selected necessarily based on the quality of the photo editing, but simply on entertainment value. So if all you got is a JPEG and MS Paint, go to town. Yes. Yeah. All it's going to take is a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the apples to apples of contests. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, feel free to you know email us or put on the Facebook page or the Twitter, I guess, if that's possible. Yeah, I guess you can submit whatever, <laughs> any of those. Uh, just you know, submit your entry, and we'll be you know, we'll be taking them, and we'll of course like, post them. Well, they'll be on the if they're emailed to us, we'll put them on the Facebook page as well, just to you know, show them off to other people to see what they think, what the options were. But yeah, that should be should be fun. Should be fun to do a cool contest, and you you win something for free for for putting in whatever minimal effort you want to on these kind of things. So all right, so let's uh, let's get to the uh, let's get to the show, guys. Um, this is episode five, John Doe. And um, we begin this episode with a, um, a – we're in the woods. It seems like it's a flashback at the time, but think it might not be that way. A, uh, a girl finds a boy in the woods and dares him to try and catch her. He's chasing after her, and then she suddenly disappears. Then a masked figure on a horse comes charging at him. The boy, who is wearing colonial garb, takes off, running towards the road, and then the man on the horse just dis- dis- disappear, like, she, like fades out behind him. Just kind of, kind of explodes into weird shadow dust. That'd be the best way to say it. Like disintegrates. Disintegrates. That's fine. <laughs> so that happens. We cut to Ichabod, who's settling into Sheriff Cor- Sheriff Clancy Brown's cabin. I was going to say Sheriff Corbin, but that didn't sound right. So I said Sheriff Clancy Brown. Sheriff Clancy Brown's cabin. Um, the perfect kind of rustic home for him, as Abby thinks. Uh, she, su- uh, she suggests that he's kind of spackle the bullet holes, since that's where the giant shoot had happened last week. And then she you know, offers to tell him what spackle means. Then Abby gets a call. She gets a call from the... Uh, she gets a call about the boy who was found in the woods. But before that, actually, there is uh, some kind of some uh, fish out of water stuff going on. Ichabod gets um, what's he get? He get he gets some uh, like a clean like a, a sponge thing. A, uh, a loofah. A loofah. A loofah. Yeah. He sniffs it. Yeah, he sniffs. He doesn't know what the hell's going on with that. He he's trying to. What's in the plastic? Is it a razor? Like an electric yeah, it's, razor? Yeah, it's like a Gillette. Yeah. Nice yeah. little product yeah. placement there. Yeah. He's having, he's struggling to open up the plastic packaging, to which Abby explains it's called plastic. This is the thing, which becomes kind of a running up a running joke in the episode. And uh, yeah, we move on. We get to kind of this crime scene that takes place at a fountain. The boy is there. He's 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 kind of passed out. 
He says something as the as Ichabod and Abby arrive, something like Uthurna. Uthurin. Uthurin. And uh, which Ichabod immediately identifies as Middle English from the Middle Ages, of course, which I'm pretty sure I giggled out loud when I heard that. Because um, <laughs> it, it's just another. It's one of course. Step, it's one step closer to the secrets are in Washington's Bible. <laughs> My favorite quote of this whole, whole series so far. Is that where we cut? Is that where we cut to it? Where yes, we, sure yeah. is. Yeah, sure is. So uh, yeah, once again we got a pretty, not so much of a lengthy opening sequence this time. This is just pretty. This one kind of moved. It felt felt. It probably was shorter, but it felt kind of shorter. It, it definitely you know. was shorter. It was more of a a teaser than actually being the first act. Did you guys enjoy uh, Sheriff Clancy Brown's uh, USA picture frame? Yes. They put a, a picture of himself. <laughs> just just of himself in the cabin. Maybe it was Jenny's and she brought it to the cabin. That's possible. <laughs> and found, she stole a frame from some store on the way when she was on the run to the cabin. He always loved America. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I, I laughed a lot when he made the... You know the the joke about trying to open the package because those plastic packages are always They're very hard to open, they, and yeah. it reminded me of a very funny Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes. exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. Also, in this this little opening sequence, you know, Ichabod continues to be filled with eloquent and witty phrases such as, "I think routine is a thing of the past for us," as well as, "For a detective, you really don't have a clue." <laughs> Where do they come up with this great dialogue? <laughs> Love it. They, they also uh, discussed him uh, getting a clothing change. They did. Yeah. And like I, I said, put him in normal digs, just keep the coat. It's all they, they'll look fine. Uh, there was uh, an interview that circulated uh, recently with, um, I believe it was Orky, who said that uh, when Ichabod becomes comfortable in modern times, then the show stops being interesting. And that was his response to the question, will we ever see him wearing normal clothes? So I think we're going to be stuck with his no. <laughs> garb for quite a while. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll get the undercover episode. Yeah, exactly. The undercover <laughs> episode. He, he has to hide himself at a rave. <laughs> I like to think that maybe he only puts on that garb when Abby's around. And every other time he's just kind of in sweatpants and a white beard. <laughs> That's how we see him in the cabin. It'll be like yeah. married, It'll be like married with children. <laughs> We're gonna see, I hope every time she comes to pick him up from the cabin, his clothes are outside hanging. Yeah. All right. So um, after the break, back at the station, Abby reviews missing missing children reports. Uh, the boy, it turns out, said evil girl. Um, we get to, we get a check in with with uh, ex boyfriend Morales, Detective Morales, who goes to Captain Irv, and uh, he asks what Ichabod's still doing working with Abby, and Irving pretty much tells him to to screw off. <laughs> That's kind of the. Um, he, he, she exp- he explains that he's you know he's a kind of a consultant at this point, and that Morales should basically mind his own business, which uh, is funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, then we get to this kind of what happens um, at the hospital. The boy is under full quarantine. Uh, someone from the, the CDC sets Ichabod up with a video link to talk to the boy, whose name is turns out to be Thomas, um, and, which leads to a big Middle English conversation, complete with subtitles. So we're all on board with things. I'm curious if that was. Like actually, if there was like actual Middle English going on there, I'm sure I, there... it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it'd be like faked, but I mean, it's just interesting. Thomas apologizes for knowing for following the girl in his conversation. He explains he's from Roanoke. Ichabod wonders if he's from the Lost Colony, the first colony of the New World in North Carolina, 1587. 
this is that was something where I'm like, oh, I get what they're doing because I I know that story. I knew that story from from when I was studying history and um, just where it goes. And I it was like as much as like it's fun to see that the Boston Tea Party, something like the the idea of the colony of Roanoke, that's it. That was something that actually made sense for a show like this instead of like, yes. get, yeah. like a mysterious disappearance of a colony that actually happened. Like that's a that's a thing that Sleepy Hollow can handle very easily. So I was glad to see that come into play. Um, after this conversation. It essentially leads to the, the uh, Ichabod and Ab- Abby. They have to go and investigate the missing colony. Uh, they also another patient becomes sick with the same disease that Thomas seems to have. Although Thomas isn't really <coughs> Thomas is sort of is he is Thomas like sick from it or he's just kind of dying slower he's, from he's it? He's kind of weak. He's weak, but weak like every, state, yeah. the other is it progresses much faster. Uh, the black veining, as they call it, as they refer to it. Yeah, they start like puking up stuff. And... Yeah, and we see one guy who's like he's getting it. And uh, he suddenly has a big vision of the same horse that we saw at the beginning of the episode, the horseman that we had the same episode. It was one of the paramedics, actually, who got sicker. Uh, yeah, every it was like everybody on the scene was starting to yeah starting to get it. Or was that later they yeah. realized that? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Morales is... Uh, we come back. Morales' partner tries to encourage him to ease up on the Ichabod thing. Uh, meanwhile, in the woods, Ichabod tracks Thomas's trail through the woods until they find a second set of prints. Uh, meanwhile, at the hospital, there are more people that have fallen ill, as Brandon was saying. Yeah. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ill. Um, uh, Ichabod shows his his tracking abilities and explains that he had um he he was uh, where does it say? What do I have? He had a regal upbringing. He had a regal yeah. exactly. He had a regal upbringing. He used to do um fox hunting. Fox hunting. Yes. I mean, thank God for that. Really, I mean, <laughs> thank God he's a good tracker. What 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 can't Ichabod do? Yeah, he's versed well versed in everything. I mean, he's the ideal detective. I, I feel like even if he weren't an important advisor, it would behoove the Sleepy Hollow Police Department to hire him as a detective because he's solved every crime so far. <laughs> in the uh, in the woods, Ichabod and Abby reach a swamp with a tiny island in it. Ichabod tests the water to find it's very deep, but then he notices markings on a tree on one shore and the shore on the island. And he learns of a hidden bridge, to which I noted Last Crusade. Ichabod, good job. Um, <laughs> they uh, they walk they, they walk across said bridge into the lost colony of Roanoke. They essentially cross some kind of force field, it seems, and um, they see that all the townspeople are there, but they all seem to be infected, but are not sick. Um, and that brings us to the next commercial break, right? So that's neat, right? <laughs> yes, sure is. I certainly got a. Uh, uh, callbacks to The Village, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, film with this, you know, kind of uh, olden community that seems to be in modern times, but hidden away. Spoiler alert for The Village. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah, it it was an interesting... It was something I didn't see coming, for sure, that the entire colony would be in some other, like, whatever weird dimension or whatever they're in. Like, it was... Caught me off guard. I didn't. I, of the things I was expecting, that wasn't one of them. Um, I, I have to say, I really am not enjoying the Morales character at all. No, not at all. He's just like a grating and annoying and purposeless, and clearly just there, like I always thought, to be a, uh, you know, like a antagonist for for Ichabod, but mm. not like one of the cool villain antagonists. Just like a. He's like, we need we need something in here to. To cause some trouble, but like not even—I don't think any of the other characters like him either. So we're not alone. Yeah, um, he was. Like, the, he, even he, his his guy at his desk was like, "Dude, just chill, man." Yeah. Did you catch the blonde guy's name? 
I didn't Jones. 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 Okay. Ooh, Jones. What, a, what a great detective name. Yes. <laughs> Jones. I yeah, I, I agree in that yeah, we just kinda like on top of the you know, fun, ridiculous stuff. Now we have this kind of standard spoil sport character that's yeah. essentially here to give Orlando police captain Orlando Jones something to do in the episode. Since it, it, I, by the way, I wrote I write icky in my notes now to shorten the ick. <laughs> you write more than me. I just write ick. Yeah, I write ick also. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, the, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's if any. I mean, I'd like to think that it's. It's obviously it's providing setup for where this show could go in terms of handling the fact that there is a guy from, you know, two hundred years ago that's around. But I mean, it it seems like it's hinting at giving um, Irv something like more to chew on that may pay off later as well. Like we don't know anything about this character still, and we you know obviously we all kind of desire to see more of what makes Orlando Jones tick on this show. But I mean, it, yeah, I get Orlando's just kind of a Morland. Morland, I, mean, I combined. It may Orlando. just be. Police captain. I mean, we well, may be thinking too much of it, but we would think there would be more. I will say, without giving anything away, based on some casting calls I heard recently, it, it's a good chance we'll be at least learning more about um, his life um, and who he is as a person. Whether or not that you know has ulterior motives or something mysterious, where they're at least going to attempt to develop him more as a human being. All right. I just to say, I also think it's a really good time to. Um, to note uh, director Ernest Dickerson, who I thought did a really good job with the spooky gothic imagery in the forest and with Roanoke. I thought it was very effective and chilling. And he's, uh, you know, a, a real, uh, a, uh, you know, been directing TV for a decade, got started on The Wire. So he's always a good person to have. Oh, yeah. I was, I, when I saw Ernest Dickerson's name, actually, I, was, I got quite excited because I do, I, I do like, He's a, he's a TV director that I like. I know the name of among like, yeah, the few others I do. Yeah, he's a great person to have on your roster of directors. Yeah, and he's done they, a lot. They of... seem to have a good roster of directors for sure. Yeah, it seems like they're pull, pulling out the stops to an extent to making the show. Well, looks... and I think by keeping it to thirteen episodes, they're able to attract really good talent because when shows have twenty-two episodes, directors normally sign on for more than one. But if these mm-hmm. guys are able to just come and do one and then go do other work. It's less of a commitment, and they can attract better talent. It is fun to see this kind of the style of the show kind of remain intact, but once again, kind of apply itself to different these different stories, which I kind of mentioned last week, where it, you know turned to national treasure when the week before was this kind of nightmare dream man thing, and now this week we have this. I don't even know how I would describe it this week. <laughs> this is more it's yeah. like a mini well, contagion plot going on. <clears throat> I've been impressed with you know how many times we've been in the woods and where it's kind of like supposed to be the same woods but it's managed to have a different and mysterious feel each time yeah for sure yeah the the town looks absolutely nothing like sleepy hollow actually looks but that being said it within the context of the show it feels consistent and it feels like a real place yes i'd agree with that yeah i'd say the is that all you can ask for it doesn't have to look like the real town so getting back to the episode, one man, one, uh, the, so Icky, Ichabod, and Abby head into town, head into the, the Roanoke colony. Um, one of the men explains that Roanoke was cursed by the horsemen of pestilence. Ooh. Um, the girl named Virginia was the first to die, and her spirit led the colonists there to protect them. Protect them. Uh, the, symptoms, the symptoms don't affect them there, but when Thomas left, he took the plague to the outside world, as the horsemen wanted all along. So now they, now they learn they must return Thomas to save them all, to which I believe I tweeted on the Ichabod Crane Twitter, uh, save the colonist, save the world. 
<laughs> Let's see. Pestilence is also known as conquest, and if they don't return Thomas and allow the disease to spread, pestilence will arrive in Sleepy Hollow. Abby looks, about, looks out among the trees and thinks she sees a figure on the horse, to which I also noted pestilence is the last samurai because he was pretty much oh, dressed like the last yeah, samurai, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was short. I couldn't find a Terminator 2 reference this week, but I was happy to make references to Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, La- uh, The Last Samurai, and of course Heroes. So we're covering some bases. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the hospital, the disease is spreading to the other CDC workers. Crane looks at Crane looks at his own veins and realizes that he's also infected when he first, which he realizes from is from when he first saw Thomas. Uh, the CDC workers inject him with something that knock him out just right away. Uh, while he's unconscious, he sees Kat- he, he sees uh, Katrina. She she hasn't been able to summon Ichabod for some time apparently, and she thinks the fact that she can see him now is because he's dead or at least close to it. Purgatory is pretty simple, right? It's just like shadows and fog. Like that's the yeah. It looked awesome though. Yeah, I like the mood of it. It's just like oh, this is <laughs> among the things they have to do on the show. This is probably the che- one of the cheaper ones. The spirits were creepy though. Yeah, the people wandering. Agree. Yeah, that so it that actually. Was, that's why. That's what really nailed it for me. I mean, in general, I find purgatory to be a really spooky concept. Um, so. And this is this isn't like the purgatory. This is just a purgatory. Yeah. They kept yeah, saying, but uh, the, any sort of purgatory where you're trapped, kind yeah. of between life and death, with other wandering spirits, is really just scary to me. Oh yeah. Well, it seems like the show is having. Just like Moloch isn't Satan, it's kind of keeping things up in the air so it doesn't, like, level it onto one denomination, I guess, or what have you. Right. Which we get later on, we get, like, that, like a, there's a church scene or whatever or something, which has yeah. every denomination on the wall. Like, it's, it's moving on. Um, let's see. Oh, Morales. <laughs> More Morales in this episode. He gets a callback. Right. He, he gets a callback from Oxford. With, and I think we, we established earlier on that, it, that they... Ichabod's claimed to be from Oxford, correct? Yes. Yeah, he's like a supposedly a history professor on leave to assist them in Sleepy Hollow. Yes, and so Morales. Which is, gets... I mean, completely logical. Yeah, it also incredibly convenient. But yeah. <laughs> Morales gets a call back from Oxford confirming Ichabod is a professor there and on sabbatical in Sleepy Hollow. We have no idea how this was hatched. Was it by Irving? Was it by Abby? Was it by somebody else? Like how? Yeah. Who was on that phone? I mean, that accent. I mean, it was just very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. There's, there might be the one interesting thing Morales has going for him. Right. I did. I did write in my notes at this point. Stupid, sneaky Morales. <laughs> <laughs> so Katrina then explains that she is trapped in pur- purgatory with lost souls. Um, meanwhile, at the hospital, Abby tries to convince Irv to let her take Ichabod and Thomas, but he orders her to help him shut down the streets instead. Back in Purgatory, Ichabod asks Katrina why Moloch wants her soul. Does she have a reason? <laughs> no. And it no, seems it's, like... It's all very vague. Yeah. Okay. And it seemed like Katrina was hiding something. Like, she knew, but she wasn't willing to, to part with it. I don't know if it's as simple as that she was a witch, or there's more to, to be determined in that. Yeah, well... This is, she said, this is episode five. We can't yet reveal all this. Basically, and that kind of... Please tune in next week. It seems like one of those frustrating things sometimes. But whatever. At this point, Irving does um, kind of grant... At, she grants Abby, like, a window, right? A small amount of time. <laughs> gives to, her a head start. Gives her a head start. So Abby ducks into the hospital. She, she asks for a... Yeah, she ducks into the hospital... Sorry, I'll back up. Abby ducks into the hospital chapel to ask for a sign that taking Ichabod and Thomas back to Roanoke is the right thing to do. She notices the holy water on her way out and remembers Ichabod noting that something in the Roanoke environment was a cure and there was a spring in the center of town. So that, that's where she realizes that she's 
that getting them back to town is the, the thing to do in order to stop this. Um, she tells she tells Irving about the, the Roanoke water, and then that's when we get the head start that he'll cover for her for a little bit so she can get back to them back to Roanoke. So come back from that break. Abby leads uh, er, uh, Ichabod and Thomas through the woods. They're getting sicker and sicker, and we notice like the, the image of pestilence is nearby. Um, they manage to make it to the colony with the horsemen hot on their heels. Ichabod jumps into the spring with Thomas as the horse, horseman charges, and he manages to disintegrate right before he reaches them. So, yay, everything, we're, all, we're all saved. <laughs> um, as this happens, literally as this happens, Ichabod and Abby realize they aren't in the middle of the colony anymore, but back in an empty forest. Ichabod realizes that Thomas was dead all along. He was lured into the land of the living to spread a plague. But Abby's faith that she was one of the witnesses allowed her to solve the puzzle herself. Irv calls Abby and tells her that all the sick people are suddenly recovering. And, uh, yeah, so that's that drama ends. Um, the um, where's the episode end? Are they in the cabin again, or are they just kind of talking? There's a talking. Ichabod has like a voiceover as like we see the uh, horseman of death rise from the uh, well, yeah, we see okay, his we horse going on nuts, and then he rises from the water and yeah. takes off. Well, it's like before that, Ichabod. Uh, there's like a, they have Ichabod and Abby have a conversation concerning if the if the if the Roanoke colony was true, would he have stayed there or would he have stayed in the oh yeah in the uh, current time and. Ichabod tells Abby that, or Abby tells Ichabod that he belongs to Sleepy Hollow in the here and now. And uh, yeah, then we cut. Yeah, then we cut to the head, the headless horseman stuff. He comes back, just rises out of the water. So you know he's and, he, and like as he's leaving the woods, like it's all burning down. Is there like it's on fire? It seems. Yeah, I mean the, the ending of this is almost ridiculous enough to be like, well, we know we're not going to be on for three more weeks, so let's throw something incredibly exciting in there to what people's out. You know, get people hungry for this show to come back like it felt like kind of like forced and a little bit out of place like i mean the next episode so could start and have no horsemen anywhere because it's been three weeks and people might have forgot about that ending it just felt like that way to me i agree that is the end of the episode so what did we think of this episode i liked it quite a bit actually after i just bashed the ending but um (laughs) yeah that's why that's why the ending felt that way to me this is a perfectly fine episode on its own i i was actually quite surprised that all the people in the purgatory were the townspeople of uh of roanoke that kind of actually for some reason got me took me by surprise i didn't expect that town to just disappear like that i figured like the the portal or gateway would close from them to jump back and forth but i didn't see that coming that was pretty cool um and some you know tidbits are getting revealed like the names of the horsemen like i don't did they Refer to the headless horseman as the horseman of death ever before? Yeah, they, they, they've established that before, I'm pretty sure. They've established that before? Okay, but we got pestilence, one of the other ones. Which um, means famine and war. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, there's some, you know, movement of Ichabod, or Ichabod getting a <laughs> getting a place. Um, the one thing, Abby, how much more does she need to see to believe? Because she had a nice little speech about still kind of not buying into everything fully after well, she just told her sister she was all on board it, fall, it falls into that category of well ichabod's also wearing the same clothes still like it, it's yeah it, it seems like it, it's forcing us to have this dynamic in order to keep the show into yeah. this kind of middle ground where you have the like the, yeah. the Mulder and scully dynamic where you're always having the skeptic and the yeah, the, the the opposites attract take two steps forward take two steps back yeah sleepy moonlighting sleepy um, moonlighting. <laughs> um yeah, I just think oh, 
it's like how yeah how much more abby do do you need to see here but other than that no it's fine i think comparing it to Mulder and scully is pretty much the most apt um comparison because no matter how much scully saw she was still always a bit of a skeptic you know trying to rationalize these things um you know, if you live a, a whole life, you know, not believing, even if you continuously see all of these clear evidences of supernatural stuff, it can be hard to, you have to sort of, you know, relearn it each time. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's not something that's necessarily affecting my thoughts on the um, on the episodes thus far, because I, no. I, I just generally enjoy the chemistry between the two actors, so it, it's... I'm just bringing it up as a point of discussion. Oh, yeah, I get, I, get, I get it for sure. And uh, I mean, my thoughts on the episode, I I enjoyed it. I, I did like the the Rowan the tying in Roanoke to the story. That that gave it like bonus points for me, just because that is an interesting story. And I'm like, oh yeah, Sleepy Hollow. That makes a that's a perfect match to to bring this in, as opposed to the Boston Tea Party, which is a bit of a stretch. But the show's already so ridiculous, it didn't bother me too much. The Roanoke thing is like, yeah, that's a perfect thing for the show to handle. So <laughs> I, I I enjoyed that. I do think it's. The episode it, it has the same kind of thing where we're fitting a lot of stuff into to an hour where like the, you know we have a, a, a contagion plotline going on but the stakes never really seem that high so I can't say I was like on the edge of my seat about the thing the plot of this episode but I mean it was done well enough and again I just you know I I like the I like I like Ichabod and Abby enough where I'm like yeah I'll stick with this whatever. Um, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that this is a show that is really going to enjoy its. Uh sort of exposition dumps. There's like three or four times in the episode where a character <coughs> start, you know, just telling a whole backstory and we'd flash back and see little, you know, snippets of stuff. So the show definitely uh, a lot of time tells instead of shows, which I guess is fine because, like you said, there's so many convoluted um, things going on here. Um, there's like 15 different things they're trying to tie all together to make it cohesive. So- um, I... I will also say I thought it was um, an interesting way to bring in the next horseman um, without making it a tangible threat in modern-day Sleepy Hollow. I thought it was a clever um, introduction of that character. I'm wondering if we'll see all four horsemen this season and if they'll be defeated or if they're going to be sort of a threat that continues throughout the run of the show. I'd like to think that it's probably a threat that's going to run throughout the the rest of the show. I'd, I'd be... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw at least one more horseman. Well, we actually we did see another horseman. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes another horseman becomes more of a threat as at the the close of this season. But given how popular the show is, um, I can't say that they have like a, a set plan of. Well, they probably do have a set plan of how things are going to play out. But I mean, they, it certainly gives them a lot more to consider, knowing that they have a second season already on the in the works. Yeah, and they want to go for seven. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have. I mean. We have four horsemen, so that's a, a big bad for each season. We have Moloch, that's five seasons. There's probably a even bigger bad behind them, so that's at least six seasons. So they could really do a horseman a season. Probably seventh season they'll be fighting God himself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it will make a god bleed. But, I mean props to Fox for they they this thirteen thirteen episodes, that's a that works for a show like this. That could that's an easier way to get to a certain number of seasons rather than, you know, full order every year so you know they're doing something it's, right <laughs> it's quick and it's it's a quick one for you know next uh august september when the, the promos start coming back that people can catch up on it really quickly too for sure 
This show flies by, by the way, too. I don't know if it's just because I'm taking notes every step of the way also and, like, tweeting along with the show. But, like, every time I watch it, it just it feels like it, it, the pace is just solid on it. it just, yeah, the, the only the only part that ever feels long is the, the when they have those extended intros. Because I'm like, yeah. man, this is this – is because, I you know, you, you wait for that little hook to and then watch the opening credits. And that's the only reason. It's not like, oh, my gosh, the show's so long. It just – you just notice that because you watch so much TV. That they take a long time getting to that, but I mean, yeah, they do, these episodes do fly. That said, I mean, if, every time I think I watch like the the beginning like recap of what the show is, I feel like if someone like just tuned in for the first time and watched all that and was like, <laughs> yeah, all right, I should watch the show. Like, I, I just love that <laughs> I, person so much. I saw, I, yeah, I saw your your tweet about that. I laughed. I was like, yes, I'm gonna jump into this crazy. Yes, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what's um any uh, any other crazy pokem theories? I think we kind of covered stuff already, but uh... not really. No signs of Jenny this week. Yep. Nope. No signs of Jenny. John Cho s- still chilling somewhere. Still MIA. Well, what's gonna happen next week, Max? What do you have, or Brandon? Do you have a? Uh... Um, we don't have a clear synopsis, but um, the episode is titled "Join or Die," and uh. John Noble will be making his debut as the Sin Eater, so very exciting. Yes, maybe maybe a game changer. Yeah, um, I'd also like to say uh, there was a really interesting article posted at Vulture today called "Anatomy of a Hit: Why Sleepy Hollow Became Fall TV's Breakout Success," um, and we'll put a link to that article in the show notes. It has a just a quick but interesting, <laughs> insightful analysis of uh, you know the show and, and why it's a hit. All right, so um, yeah, that is uh, gonna do it for this week's episode of Sleep- of the Ichapod Cranecast. Um, we're gonna be off for <laughs> a number of weeks now because we gotta wait for the show to come back on. Um, but yeah, we have announced the contest. Um, as mentioned, take an image from the show or a poster, or what have you, make it look, modify it with some Halloween themes, and send it in to us. So you can at the Facebook.com/slash/IchapodCrane or on Twitter at Ichapod Crane. Just follow, follow and like this page as well, just because you know it's fun to have more people interact with the show. And then of course email us at ichapodcranecast at gmail.com. You can email your contest entries there, or you can also, you know, just send us emails. We'll be happy to read them on the show. Your thoughts on the show in general, your thoughts on predictions on the show, what have you. It'd be fun to get more feedback from listeners. And uh, of course you can subscribe you, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes. It's available there. And of course you can find the other Shows on HHWLOD.com, along with our show. There's the Walking Dead TV podcast, which just got going again. There's a bunch of other shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. But until then, where where um, can other people find find your guys' work, uh, Brandon? I am still writing about Halloween at Naptown Nerd, naptownnerd.blogspot.com. And, yeah, in the meantime, while you're waiting for uh, the next episode of uh, Sleepy Hollow, you can just read those daily. Um, and also, I post reviews at whyshowblue.com, and follow me on Twitter at btpeters. Maxwell? Yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell, and similarly, you can visit my blog at cinemaxwell.com, where I have uh, film reviews, uh, some TV and theater stuff, and all sorts of, of musings uh, that come from my scatterbrained mind. You can, of course, follow me at Twitter at twitter.com slash ps 3 You can also read my movie reviews at thecodeisek.com as well as at wisoblue.com. I write there as well. 
And I also host another podcast out now with Aaron Nave, the weekly film review podcast. So there you go. Yeah, we got we got a break, guys. Got a big break coming up. I don't know if I can deal with not watching Sleepy Hollow on a weekly basis. I was really getting into this. Yeah, I I'm surprised I've taken such a liking to this show. Did <laughs> not did, was a surprise. Of, I'm gonna sit in front of the TV every Monday at nine for the next three weeks and quietly weep. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll 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 come back with a with a big bang or maybe John Cho and hey, Headless John Horseman is, is pretty good. If well, John Noble, yeah, if John Noble just enters the scene with like dual pistols shooting all off the Headless Horseman, why not? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrific. It would. But until next time, heads will roll. Or I'll lay your 